In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to See You Next Week in Space. I am Sarah Walsh, and I am here with my co-host and sister, Amy Walsh. And Amy, the question to start today is, what are your thoughts about Nick Cage? Ooh. Oh, my God. That's... Oof. Um, I enjoy And I will... I mean... I should clarify, prior... To the movie that we watched for this week. Yeah, for real. That's a good, that's a good um, qualifier because this movie made me feel differently. <laughs> um, <laughs> not really, not really, not really, not really. Um, I enjoy him. I, he makes me nervous also because mm. he's so high energy and so intense that you... I personally have to really be in the mood for his type of movies. Like sure. it's, they're not usually like easy, relaxing watches to me in my experience. Um, they're much, they're intense. He's intense. He's an intense guy, but he's yes. like funny slash intense. Um, he's, he's a, that's yeah. That's, that's my review of Nick Cage. Yeah, he has a particular energy that I think yes. is unique to him as a person. Mm-hmm. So like that so I guess like one of the things that is hard to parse out with someone like Nick Cage and this is not unique to him. There are many actors who are like this. Is like are you like a really good actor or are you just you and you do different roles? Yep. Yep. And I think it... I think he's the latter. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, I, which is not to say that he's a bad actor per se. Um, no, but he's very specific. Like, you're not yeah. going to cast him in... Uh, I can't even think what... But, like, something... Although, now that I was thinking something, and now that I thought it, I want to see him in that. Um, what did you think? I was thinking, like, something like Shakespeare. Nanny. Something that's super... <laughs> I was thinking something Nick Cage you, as nanny for small children. <laughs> oh my god, terrifying. No, I was thinking something like Shakespeare because it's so mm. well known and mm. you know the lines are very famous and the way generally people deliver the lines is very famous and he has a very specific cadence. Though sure. I will say now that I said that I want to see him try his hand at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be like, funny because he's also like in his 50s being Romeo. I know, he's way too old for like. that, but I was just thinking of like some type of like one of the like romantic leads in um, in a Shakespeare. 
yeah. show. I mean, I know that uh, earlier in his career, they did try and make him be like just standard romantic lead man. And he, he can't do it. I mean, I he's mean, not bad at it. Yeah, but I saw, it's there's just a, there's kind a of like movie. hard to buy into, I guess, for me. Yes. There's a Christmas movie. Have you ever seen it? It's called The Family Man. Isn't that that really depressing one? It's a little depressing, but he's in it. <laughs> um, and he is, he is definitely more leading man, rom-com-ish, but he's still intense. And he's still, like, got the wide-eyed, like, um, he's still, you know, he's not as, like, off the wall as he is in, let's say, like, face-off or something. But he right. is, but he's still Nick Cage in it. And he plays, it's with Taylor Leone. Yeah, I think I am thinking of this movie. And I think I even watched it maybe in the movie theater, which is, like, what was wrong Possibly. with me that I was doing this? Well, um, it was in, like, 2001, so can't blame you. Yeah, I mean, it was a different time, I suppose. Yeah, The I Family lied. I Man. I don't know if that's really the... Yeah, I like that. I like it. It's oh man, he like, did that and Captain Corelli's mandolin. Like it was like, oh man, this is wild. So in a row, he had Gone in sixty seconds, The Family Man, and then Captain Corelli's mandolin. Those are like right in a row. I don't know two out of the three of those. <laughs> um, well, because Gone in sixty seconds is the one where he's like the leader of a car stealing gang, and Angelina okay, Jolie so it's like is there. Okay, I mean I recognize the name, and so it's like actiony, like yes, yes. Yeah. And then I Captain Corelli's the mandolin is something where it's like I think it's based on a novel of the same name, and it's like an mm. Italian love story set during World War Two. Okay. And then Family Man in the middle. Um, I thought he was also in something called, like, The Weather Man, but I'm not seeing that on his list of credits, so I maybe mm. am confusing that with That's The Family called Groundhog Man. Day, and it's so <laughs> Very possible. Um, and, oh, well, now this reminded me of something I'm going to say later about his career. Um but so, yes, Nick Cage, he's a specific individual with some specific yep. kind of approaches to acting, I guess is the way to say mm-hmm. it. Uh, so why are we talking about Nick Cage today, Amy? So we're talking about just because we wanted to. <laughs> we <laughs> he seems he cool. Deserved, <laughs> he deserved a little shout out today. Um, but also we watched a movie that he was in, unfortunately, um, and, <laughs> and it was called jujitsu and it came out or was released, I guess, in 2020 and it is on Netflix and it is bad. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think, I I'm don't think to say it straight up. <laughs> I don't think we need to like wait till the end here. I <laughs> similarly, uh, did not think this was good. Um, and was, saddened by that because yeah it had potential in the idea i feel like yeah so here Mm -hmm. i'm gonna read the description from imdb and netflix so this is a netflix movie um which is the the description is what made me decide to do this so the description says 
Every six years, an ancient order of jiu-jitsu fighters joins forces to battle a vicious race of alien invaders. But when a celebrated war hero goes down in defeat, the fate of the planet and mankind hangs in the balance. That sounds okay. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't click on it, but I get it. (laughs) The thing is, though, I don't think that description is actually what we saw. No, well, yes, no. Because that doesn't actually describe what we saw hardly at all. Because explain to me the six years. I don't remember seeing anything about time. <laughs> right? Like, am I crazy? Uh, I mean, people say every six years this guy comes. They only oh, say they it. Did say that. Oh, okay. That's I didn't all. pay attention. But um, then also, when a celebrated war hero goes down in defeat, who was that? I don't I know. Think- I don't, I'm not. I think that's the character named Jake, like the main guy. That's that dude, okay. I think, but he's the not a war hero. Him. Yeah, I don't get it. And then, the, and a vicious, okay. The other part I'll say is the vicious race of alien invaders. To my eye, <laughs> that looked up every once in a while only, <laughs> I only noticed one alien. Were Correct. there multiples? No, oh. there was only one. That's okay. I thought maybe I, when you read this, I thought maybe I had missed something about the fact that there were multiple aliens. And here's the other reveal, Amy. There was no jujitsu in this movie called jujitsu. You know what? Yes, I felt that way too. Even though I don't know jujitsu, I felt like what they were doing was not it. <laughs> no. So what they were doing, I didn't hate. Like I liked it. Was like it was I fine. Said one, like the only part of the movie, and it seemed to be the biggest focus of the movie, was doing slow motion kicks. Right. And I don't hate that. That's fine. But it was a little overused. Right. And yes. It didn't, it, it, I was curious if that was actually jujitsu myself. It is not. So, um, so yeah, I so that, that then <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, so before we talk about the cast, I'll just do a little bit of explaining or some background information that I think is of relevance. Okay. Um, and the first is what the fuck is jujitsu and why is this yeah. movie called jujitsu when it doesn't have any in it? Um, Those are all valid questions. So jiu-jitsu is a martial art that emerges from Japan in the feudal era, and it was specifically designed to fight against samurai. Um, And the reason that so is that, you know, like, can you picture when I say samurai, do you have like a vision of like what a samurai looks like? Yeah, but don't make me say it out loud. No, no, I won't. But wrong. I'm just I'm just saying so like one of the things that you're probably picturing even though you might not think of it as such is that samurai are wearing like a lot of like heavy um it's not like armor in the sense of like European suits of armor, but they're wearing mm-hmm. like, you know, protective uh coverings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um which of course are very heavy. And Mm so jujitsu was a martial art that was meant to use the weight of all of the kind of accoutrements that samurai would be wearing because you couldn't really fight them. Like you couldn't use a sword and like just straight up like jab them in the chest because they have all of this protective armor type stuff. So jujitsu was designed to 
fight against an opponent who's wearing this kind of armor, protective clothing. And effectively, uh. what you're doing is, is not um, like actively doing an offensive strategy. What you're doing is a defensive, defensive. strategy mm. where you're like using... Absorbing f- stuff. Right, and you're using the weight of that person's body as well as all this stuff they've got on them to kind of yeah against them, right? So okay. most so it's of sort of what, more like self defensey like moves as opposed to offensive moves. It's mostly about like learning how to do throws, right? So if someone comes at you, you can like redirect their energy so that they Mm -hmm. basically fall over you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You're doing different types of like pinning people down or pinning them in different like ways Um, and like locking joints. So like, you know, all this sort of stuff. So yes, um, none of that is in this movie called (laughs) Jiu-Jitsu. Now the Zero other that. thing it is all offensive kicking. Yeah. With weapons because jiu-jitsu is also not really meant to be a weapons-based martial art. <laughs> Why couldn't they just n- freaking change the name of the movie to like They could just make the movie called Martial Art <laughs> and it would be or just make better. It- they could just call it like Nick Cage's in this and people would watch it like if that's yeah. what they're into, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. The other thing that's strange about this is that the movie makes very clear that it is taking place in Myanmar, mm. um, which at the moment has been dealing with... Actually, let me just double check before I say this. I'm pretty sure this is true. They've just had um, a coup, I'm fairly sure. Um, yeah, so they are in the midst of this major like, internal civil strife. Um, right now, are you saying that? Right now. Or? Yeah, oh, okay. right now. Um, so, when like, is this movie supposed to take place? Is it supposed to be present day? I think so. Yikes. So now the other thing that, of course, is worth mentioning. So we'll get to this, but like this movie is all around this temple that yeah. is in Myanmar or Myanmar. Yeah. I never know exactly how to pronounce it, but... Um, so the warrior always comes to this specific spot in Myanmar every six years. Okay. So presumably the type of, of and we'll get to this in a second, and jujitsu apparently is what the alien teaches humans <laughs> so that they can fight against him in a way that is satisfactory to the alien man. Um, but the thing <laughs> is, jujitsu is Japanese. Myanmar has its own set of martial arts that are not jujitsu. I mean, I'm starting to get offended. Like, <laughs> right? And like, this is yeah. all offensive that they like did it so badly, and and in like nowadays too. Like, if this was from, you know, 1980, like maybe I could forgive some of that, but. Come on, people, get it. Like, you didn't have researchers who told you, hey, guess what? This isn't jujitsu, or hey, guess what? In Burma, or I guess, um, is it Myanmar used and Burma to be, the same thing? Burma is what it used to be called. Myanmar is what it's called now. Okay. And that's so, partially to do with like the British Empire. Got it. Okay. So, but like, they don't have researchers on their team for this movie that could say, oh, well, hey, guess what? Jujitsu is clearly- here. 
they clearly don't even have someone who's capable of Googling because the only reason I know this is from Google. (laughs) I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, so research is in quotation marks. Like, someone who can use a computer. And it's especially wild because there are, in fact, six different martial arts associated Uh. with Myanmar. And I couldn't quite tell which were kind of the most prevalent, but it seemed like um, Bando and and I hope I'm pronouncing these right, Bando and Lethway seem to be the most kind of popular or well-known. But there are okay. six other ones that they could have that's, just... And they didn't even necessarily... They didn't even necessarily have to do that type of martial art in the movie, but they could at the very sure. least have named the movie Bando. <clears throat> and then it would have been like, okay, that, great, fine, perfect. Sure. Moving on. Moving on, and then we're just going to kick around all a bunch. Yeah. The other thing that is a real head-scratcher is so this is supposed to be happening in Myanmar, but it was actually filmed in Cyprus, which is nowhere Um, near Myanmar. And I know nothing about, like, the... uh, the look of either place, to be perfectly honest, or the... um, climate anything like that but are those things are they at all similar no okay <laughs> again weird choice why are we making these choices everyone because I mean, you know what this is why because cyprus like, cyprus is, is in the mediterranean in. yes exactly that's what i was gonna say nick cage wanted to go on vacation and he likes jujitsu <laughs> he's like guys let's just do a movie called jujitsu it doesn't have to be jujitsu but we're calling it jujitsu i want to go to cyprus on vacation can we do a movie well that's I what think it feels like well i think part of the reason why it's shot in cyprus is that the uh writer and director is a guy named dimitri logothetis um mm. who is a greek guy okay and so he's just like let's go to the mediterranean well, Greece and Cyprus have this like long, difficult history, and I can't even remember now oh. if one. But anyway, the point is, yes, from from his perspective, he would be like, "Ah, oh, I this is a perfect shooting location. Always great mm. weather. Always whatever, whatever." Um, okay. Well, the next thing you wrote down on your thing says budget of twenty five million, and the current world gross is a hundred thousand. So they got what was coming to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I was shocked when I saw that. I was like, "Whoa, that's such a discrepancy." <laughs> I'm not surprised. It is terrible. <laughs> it isn't very good. And let's just see exactly. Oh, I mean, partially, we maybe shouldn't necessarily say this is definitely always going to be a flop, but it probably will be, um, because this was only released in November of last year. So, and it's a Netflix release, so I'm not sure how the money how they works that. there. Yeah. Um, I don't think it, I don't think it helps the situation. No, and but I'm I feel like. Pretty sure they're like not actually, making that 25 million back. I'm pretty sure that's no. not happening. So with Netflix releases, I obviously don't know like how the dollar amounts work the same way as like, you know, in the movie theaters, you pay this much and that's whatever. But the thing about Netflix is they might calculate like per click or per watch. Yeah, I I think so. I feel like it's much easier to like click on this and by accident (laughs) watch the whole thing (laughs) as opposed to like making a choice to go to the theater, right? And like I don't if, know. I like if I wasn't and I guess also though the other thing is like 
in the theater, if I was watching this, would I walk out? And not that they mm. count people who walk out. No, they've like already gotten home. your money. Yeah. Although it, well, anyway, yes. And then at home, I don't know. I'm just, I'm curious. It's like you clicked down. on it and then you passed right out and you watched the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, you clicked on it and then you like kept doing your day's work, which is what I did. <laughs> I clicked on it and then I was like doing other things and like listening for when like there was dialogue versus just people being like, like, you were waiting many minutes each time for that. I was. And then when the dialogue came, I was like, this isn't helping me. I'm going to stop paying attention to even this because this is now boring. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the thing that is the most saddening to me about this is like, I went into it being like, this is not a good movie. I know that. Mm-hmm. But maybe it'll be fun. You know? Oh like, my gosh. I just read ahead. Sorry. I just read ahead in the outline and I got excited. Okay. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> um, but unfortunately it isn't fun. It's not fun. Guys, guess what? Not fun. Don't watch it. And so that's really, and it's too bad so, because. Bye. Have a nice week. I said my thing. <laughs> uh, but no, there are some things that I think can be fun for us to discuss. So yeah. let us begin there. Um, yeah. So. Uh, also, I should be clear, like I've listed people by their names here. Um, I did not know anyone's name in this Thank movie. Thank God. Um, they didn't really Jake. say. I feel like they said. Yeah, they said Jake's like they said name Jake a million a times, but then they but didn't no say else. anyone else's name yeah. at all. Um, so the main character, as we've just said, is a guy named Jake, and he's played by an actor, I um, I'm not totally sure how to pronounce his name. I'm going to say Elan Moosey, although I'm not totally sure about that. Um, Mm. And he is from uh, Gabon or Gabon, Central. That's a country in Central Africa. Uh, And apparently, and like (laughs) I will say this about this movie most of the people who do the fighting in this um, are people who are really doing, doing it. Yes, they've been doing martial arts That's most cool. of their lives, which again is all the more reason where it's like, why don't you just call it something else then? Like, like if I were this guy and it says you said that he does jujitsu, I'd be like, what are we doing? <laughs> That's so I know, frustrating. I know. Um, and and many That's of like them being in a movie called ballet, and then you're doing tap the whole time. True. Like, that's <laughs> <Yes>. confusing. <laughs> um, and he, like many of the others that we'll talk about, um, began as a stuntman and continues to work as a stuntman. Um, mm. Oh, I forgot to say he's 39. Um, okay. And I was like, wow, you must have been like working hard in the gym like your whole life. <laughs> to he looks be. good. Yeah. Um, and he's so he's now doing both acting and stunt work, from what I could okay. surmise on IMDb. Um, and it does look like he often, because of he, he's he looks like a big guy, um, so he does mm-hmm. a lot of like doubling work and stunt work in the various superhero things that oh, we've that seen. Makes sense. Um, and he his first lead role acting wise was in 2014 in another movie by the same director, Logothetis. Oh, interesting. Um, so I think that's probably why he got 
tapped for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's and he now has a few things in production coming down the pipeline. Good for him. Um, the next person is oh. a character called Wiley, which you you would never know his name from the movie. Thank God, I had no idea. Um, and this is played by Nick Cage, who is fifty six. <laughs> As of last end of last year, um, and now that's another thing that's a bit of a head scratcher. So, the reveal will be. Wait, I'll save the reveal. I'll save it. Um, okay. Uh, so Nick Cage, as many people probably already know, he is the nephew of famous director Fan- Francis Ford Coppola. Um, I'm not sure I did know that, but okay. Yeah, that's how he got that's into acting. That makes it. Maybe you've maybe you've told me that before because. That is er, mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, And so, excuse me. Uh, He's had a total of five wives over the course of his life. And what I hadn't fully realized or appreciated is that the first two are Patricia Arquette and then Lisa Marie Presley. (laughs) And I was like, Yeah, I had forgotten that too. Now it sounds kind of familiar, but I did not know that. And I think this might have been the thing you got excited about. He is currently is. <laughs> working on an untitled Joe Exotic project where he will play Joe Exotic. That is brilliant casting, in my opinion. Yes. Um, oh, he, there's no... Per what we were saying up top, There, I don't think there's any actor that could capture Joe Exotic other than Nick Cage. Truly. I think a lot of actors wanted it. I feel like I, like I feel like when that was like really big, there was like a, sort of a discussion about like who could play him, like who would be funny to play him. And I think there were some other names that got like bandied about that would be like kind of funny. But I think like the intense and like see the thing about Nick Cage is I think he would really take him seriously. It wouldn't be like a joke. And right. It's like. Um, yeah, I love that casting, and that is, I would like to, I cannot wait to see that. Well, and that's the other thing is, so I just looked it up, like, Nick Cage is 56, Joe Exotic is 58, right? So, like, yeah. the, it's the yeah, right Yeah, all the other age. ones I heard were too too young, probably. Or too old. You know, like, someone who's nuts, like Nick Nolte, probably could bring in oh, an yeah, interesting no, no. Enter- energy, or even Gary Busey, but, like, they're too old, you know? Um yeah. So yeah, I we will wait and see what that <laughs> comes Holy out. Shit. What that's oh, like. Man. Um, then we have a character who, again, you would never know these names from anything, um, and it doesn't really matter because his name is Tex, which is just like der- <laughs> super boring soldier name. Yeah. Um, and it's played by an actor named Eddie Steeples, who is forty-seven. Um, Apparently, his big break was in an Office Max commercial from 2004. Um, love that. He also clearly, like, seems to love to be in bad movies because he was also in the Lindsay Lohan vehicle, I Know Who Killed Me. That um, is bad. And he's been in something called OJ the Musical. Now, that um, I like. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I like the sound of it. Um, but then he also had, like, he was a series regular, uh, on My Name is Earl, which was a show I never got into, but I know was but pretty I think popular. It was popular. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's around, he's got some stuff coming up, uh, down the pipeline. Next we have 
a character called Captain Sand, and that's oh. by. It doesn't okay. matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, and that's uh, played by an actor named Rick Yoon, who was forty nine. Um, I also felt like it was interesting that because the guy who plays Jake is thirty nine, it skewed like everybody's ages up. Right, like mm-hmm. everyone had to look more or less in the same age window, um, yeah. and I think that probably happens really all the time, honestly. Um, sure, but it's interesting. Yeah, whoever you hire as the lead really does. I mean, you know, whoever yeah. you hire first would, I think, inform kind of. And it and it depends, I guess, on the type of movie. But since this is yeah. all about this like team of experts or whatever. They have yeah. to ha- have like a similar kind of like, oh, we, be- we believe that they've had a long working relationship and whatever, whatever. Sure. Um, so like some of the others, uh, Rick Yoon w- began doing martial arts as a kid, basically. Um, and even I think it said in his profile that he was even like selected for like the Olympic trials for one Whoa. of for the U.S. team in one some year. Um, to do martial arts. That's he cool. also uh, was the first Asian model for both Versace and Polo Sport, which I have to assume was probably oh, like the awesome. late, late 90s or early 2000s probably. Hmm. Um, that's cool. And then as well, he had a whole life where he worked on Wall Street before Whoa. he got into act- acting. Yeah, he's like been all over the oh place. Oh my God. Um, he's makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> yeah, he was probably one of those assholes who was like super successful at 27 or something. What a jerk. Um, and then he also made an appearance in the original Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. Um, he was also a series regular on the show Marco Polo, which I didn't really get into, but I, I think never heard it was of that, of, but it was like a prestige sort of thing. Oh. And he's got a new movie in pre-production at the moment. Damn. Okay, um, well. Yeah. Good for good old Rick. <laughs> way, to, way to go, Rick. Which brings us to the character named Myra, which is like, why would you name anyone Myra? Yeah, that's not a great one. Like, Myra in 2020. I don't think there are a lot of Myras in 2020. Um, Like Moira is okay, like Moira Rose, but Myra, not so great. And also, like, I'm pretty sure she's supposed to be American in this, and I'm, like, even more weird because you might run across a Myra in some other, like, language families or different cultures, but, like, in the U.S., Uh someone who is in her mid-30s is not called Myra. Probably not named. Yeah, that's true. Um, Is she the brunette lady? Yes, yes. So I liked the, her. <laughs> I liked her too. Um, the name of the actor is Marie Avgeropoulos. Um, is she and Greek? As I, I think so. <laughs> I think we okay. can safely surmise that she has that a Greek background. Quite, that, is, that last name is, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, in the olden days, they would have been like, your new name is Mary... Yeah. Averson or something. Like, yeah, they just totally. be like, do that. Um, so she's 34, um, and I think she's Canadian, actually, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. Um, her first credit is in 2009, um, and her main claim to fame up to this point is that she plays um, a series regular in the show The 100, 
Uh, she plays oh. a character named Octavia Butler. I feel like I've heard about the 100, but I don't really know very I've much about it. I've never watched it, but I, but yeah, I've heard of it too. And she, like the rest, has some upcoming projects. Um, next, we have a character that I believe you would pronounce this like Kuang. Um, it's spelled K-U-E-N-G. Mm-hmm. And that is played by an actor named Tony Jaw, who is 44. Um, and he actually is a Thai actor um, who has just semi-recently actually made the kind of crossover into international kind of English language movies. Um, what I thought was pretty cool about him is that in Thailand, his parents were elephant herders, which is like a wild oh, thing to wow. imagine. Um, and he, like pretty much most of the men in this, um, he was a martial arts guy uh, from mm-hmm. childhood. He also began as a stuntman in Thailand um, and trans- and from that transitioned into acting. He specifically does all of his own stunts. He's like known for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, he transitioned into the kind of international movie market. It appears around 2003. So he, he was already like doing um, some lead roles in Thai action movies. Uh, mm-hmm. And then from that, Changed and at that time he officially changed his name to Tony Jaw, uh, I guess because at the time and still now people were like, I can't really do whatever your real name is. You're Tony now. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was also in a Fast and Furious movie as well. Oh okay. Uh, next we have the other lady in the movie. There are two (laughs) ladies in the movie. Next, it's the other lady. And her name in the movie is Carmen, and that is played by an actor named Juju Chan, who is 33. Uh, She was born in Hong Kong, but she is now um, like a Chinese-American citizen. Um, and she, like many of the others featured for the fighting part of this, uh, she also got into martial arts as a kid. Um, Mm -hmm. and she's so well known that in the Hong Kong movie scene, she's referred to as the female Bruce Lee. She was one of the first women to actively do martial arts stuff in movies. Um, even though she's, you know, younger than us. So I'm like, when, why were people not doing this? Like, what was missing? Um, she also, she's one of these people that like has managed to do all kinds of a million things. She has at least one like album, like a pop album Mm -hmm. that did fairly well. Uh, she went to the Tisch school at NYU for acting she is currently in a, a, a Netflix series called The Woo Assassins, um, and she has some other stuff happening. So she seems like a person to watch, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then the final character of note is a character called Brax, who is, uh, I don't know if, I guess I would say like played by, but probably more accurately like, embodied by a stuntman mm-hmm. called Ryan Terran. Um, okay. Because this is the alien Is that the alien? Guy. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. 
So, oh man, you didn't even catch the alien's name. We're in trouble. No, I had no <laughs> idea. I wasn't positive that there was one versus a million when you we said at the beginning that there was some type of team of aliens. I That's only true. thought I saw one, but no, there is only one. There is just Brax. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so let's get into him? this. Jesus Christ! Okay. Now, I will say. At first, this movie was confounding, and by about maybe like halfway through, I was like, oh, this is just a crappy version of Predator. Yeah, like, well, what you said to me, what I think what you texted me was that it's a, it's like a higher quality version of like a mix between Robo Vampire, which we watched, unfortunately, and... Um, Predator, and that is ex- I, exactly how I would uh, characterize it. I think that's inaccurate. Yeah. yeah, it's because there's the confounding nature of robo-vampire yep. very much in play here. Um, yep. But then what you can pick out from the story is Predator. <laughs> yep. and so, uh, but Basically. with much better production value across the board. Uh-huh. Um So let's begin. Uh, Where we start is we see like cartoon panels with a title card that says the comet. And this is a returning theme throughout the movie is like as we transition to different parts of the story, we have these like cartoon like comic book strip looking uh, visuals. Do you remember that? Sure. I don't know. Well, I was like, well, I mean, I enjoyed it. I was like, I like how this looks. Um, But the reason that's there is because, in fact, this story was originally done by the director, Logothetis, as a graphic novel. Yeah, I was curious if that was why they were doing that type of look. I didn't hate that look. It didn't necessarily help anything, but I didn't hate it. No, I thought, I mean, I liked it visually. I just wish the rest of it had, like, lived up to the visual in a sense. Um, So the first thing we see is this title card that says the comet. And we see a comet heading toward Earth. And then we get to Earth and we're running through a forest with Jake. Jake is like looking kind of behind him. And there are these like ninja stars like flying through the air. And they appear to be coming out of nowhere. But then... Um, kind of Jake gets to the edge of the forest and he ends up on a cliff and basically I, what I, I can't remember now if he's like injured and then he falls or if he falls on purpose and then gets injured. I'm not totally sure, but either way he ends up in the water beneath the cliff And then that leads us into the credits where we see, again, like these kind of cartoon renderings of a person sinking into the water and like other things. Oh, my God. Um, And then we get to the title Jiu-Jitsu. And then we get to a new series of cartoon kind of graphic novel images that have the words The Rescue And then I will say this, at least at first I enjoyed it because it has the picture of like the comic book thing and then you see the page turn and I was like, oh, that's Mm -hmm. fun. That's like a fun little... Yeah, I didn't hate that little uh, 
uh, stylistic choice, I guess you could call it. Yeah. So then we... So I guess what we're seeing is through the eyes of Jake, he's getting fished out of the water and he like kind of opens his eyes and he sees Wiley, a.k.a. Nick Cage. And I think rather than calling him Wiley, I'm just going to say Nick Cage because I want you, like every time I say something, I want you to picture Nick Cage. Like I don't want you to forget that it's Nick Cage that's doing all this stuff. Um, So... Nick Cage fishes Jake out of the water and then my handwritten notes say Nick Cage in Asian hat woof with long hair wig question mark <laughs> um so that's already quite a series of mental pictures you might be imagining um and then uh we arrive in this house where there is like an Asian couple who are like healing Jake somehow. I truly was lost already at this point. I can't believe you didn't have any reaction to Nick Cage in one of those Asian hats. I was already like, this is bad. Yeah, I did. Actually, I really did. And I was like, this seems like this shouldn't happen. I did have that reaction, but in my head. Yeah. And I didn't think like after the initial thought, I was like, I'm not going to dwell on it. Cause I feel like this movie's going to go weirder. <laughs> yes. I mean, I will say that maybe the racism in this is overall, I would say on the lighter side, like more mild, but that didn't, that didn't bode well, like to see yeah. that. Uh, yeah, so it was concerning good. to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, we have this Asian couple who are like talking over Jake's body and what they're talking about is like, what should we do with this guy? Because <laughs> mm. he's not staying here. Oh, and then also really quick about a stylistic choice. Did you say this? Sorry, I may have like not been paying attention, but about the way they do the subtitles. I did not say anything about the oh. subtitles, so say something about it. Oh, well, normally when you think of subtitles, you think of... And now that it's it's all making more sense thinking about the comic book aspect of it, um, you think of, you know, white print on the bottom of the screen that just clearly says what they're saying. Boring. Boring. (laughs) Who wants that? Well, I need my subtitles to have color, please. Um, So in these subtitles, I wouldn't even necessarily call them subtitles because they weren't sub they were in the middle of the frame and like right. to the side and you know they were they were moving along as they were speaking and there was like words that popped with different colors and um different each one was a little bit different than the one before so that it's it was very comic booky now that I'm realizing that connection yeah it also I think I can't remember now because it's been a while since I saw John Wick but I think that movie also uses that more kind of like creative style of Mm. subtitling which I Mm. like I'm like that's fine I can roll with this um it doesn't bother me again like this movie is like there's a lot the of production, other things that bother me. <laughs> the production value is not bad, but it's just like so poorly executed story-wise. Well, it makes it, it, makes it even like, more ugh. offensive, really. They had yeah. the money and they had the ability 
to make it not so bad. And they just were right. like, meh, we're yeah. not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, the decision that these two old people make is that they're gonna take this man, aka Jake, to the like encampment of American soldiers that are happen to be nearby. Um, so the old lady then shows up, Jake is like laid out in the back of her truck and she's just like, you got to take this guy. Um, but no one at the base can speak Burmese. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. This part was actually quite funny. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I was still, like, hopeful at this point that the movie would be something. So Tex rocks up, and he's, like, the only one in this whole group of people who is, like, designated the translator. And we don't really have to get into why these soldiers are in Myanmar. um, Because I never understood why. The movie doesn't even really care about that. Um, but what's surprising is like, they're supposedly on this like semi secret seeming mission. And in that context, I'm like, all these country folk know where you are. So that's not super secret. And secondly, you only have this one guy who barely speaks Burmese. Um, how are you doing your intelligence gathering? Like what is happening? Good. Um, not good. No, not good. So there, there are some funny jokes where like Tex says one thing and the lady, but he doesn't say what he meant means to say. Um, yeah. and so that's pretty good. Um, but ultimately the old lady is like, you guys got to take this guy. Um, the reason he's been injured is because of that comet that came by yesterday or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then she says the comet comes every six years and with it comes, and this is a direct, a warrior of death comes wow. with a comet every six years. Um, and because Tex is the only one who sort of understands what she's saying, uh, he's like, I don't know what it's like. She thinks he's maybe on the verge of death. Like he doesn't really understand what she's talking about. Yeah. And, but ultimately she's like, well, I'm leaving this guy here with you because he's a threat. Um, Mm -hmm. And it won't matter anyway, because I think, now I can't remember. Um, She says like, you'll all be dead soon anyway. (laughs) So (laughs) I I don't care. I do remember that. Um, And then the final shot of this scene is the camera like super closes up on Captain Sand looking like mysterious. And you're like, what's that guy all about? And he seems to be paying attention to what this old lady is saying in a way that no one else at the camp is paying attention to. And so, so he probably like, knows hmm. the best. He probably is the best at Burmese and just is pretending not to be maybe. Yeah, mark. you're right. He probably, if he's paying attention to this, he probably does speak Burmese or can understand it better than text. And he's can. just like, and he's just like pretending not to for whatever reason. He's playing his cards close to the vest or close to yeah, the chest. I, I never know how that phrase Close goes. to the vest, I think. I don't know. But that's weird. Um, so maybe it's so, close to the chest. Uh, but anyway, he, so like, we're like, ah, oh, I wonder if he's like secretly a bad guy. We don't know. Yeah. 
So when Jake comes to, he mm-hmm. ends up in this super terrible looking cell where he has been like attached to a chair with restraints. Mm-hmm. And Myra, who she's not like the leader of the group. There's a sergeant man who's like, I think the leader of the group, but she's somehow in charge of whatever mission they're on. Mm-hmm. And she's questioning Jake because she's under the impression that he's some kind of spy. Yeah. And the and of course, because um, the mission to the degree that we ever learn anything about why these American soldiers are in Myanmar, she says that they're there because there's plutonium in the ground of Myanmar in this particular valley of temples. And that's why they are there. <laughs> so she feels that These Jake people is are weird. <laughs> I mean, you are looking at the same outline that I wrote, and at the and and at the end of my description of this plutonium thing, I have in parentheses what? <laughs> like none it just, of it makes sense. I wasn't even like trying to make sense of it, to be perfectly honest, because. I went in, you had already watched it and you had told me you were confused the whole time. So I was like, I'm not going to get this. So I'm not even going to really try. And I know like most people would like listen to me talk generally and be like, you never really try, you jerk. But (laughs) I, (laughs) I swear that I do sometimes. And this, I really was like, I'm Sarah said, I'm not going to get it. So I'm not even going to like try to think about what the F this lady just said. Now, to be clear, I didn't say it in the sense of like, you're a fool, you'll never get this. It was like, no, you said you were I confused. Don't so even I was like, I'm never going to. No, it, that was, no, you said that you were confused. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Well, that means I will know nothing. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it doesn't matter that like there needs to be these Americans here to like make some action happen. So Jake is really like, Confunded, He doesn't know what's going on. And so every time Myra asks these questions, he's like, I, I know I'm here to do something, but I don't know what it is. And so ultimately, though, Myra is convinced that that's true, that he was injured. And a result of the injury is that he's lost his memory, so he can't really speak to whatever's there. Now, it's not clear to me if she still thinks he might be a spy or not, but I guess she's decided whatever he is, it's not a threat because he can't remember what he's supposed to do anyway, so it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter, right? Then we get to this next phase of the movie, which for some reason... Oh, actually, now I understand. (laughs) This was like how bad it was. I didn't understand that this part being called reunion, I didn't understand who was reuniting until I put this outline together. <laughs> I was like, who's, who's oh, come I... back? Um, but basically, so um, when Myra decides that Jake seems like a fairly trustworthy character insofar that she believes he's, he doesn't know what he's doing there, Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, well, why don't we take like a walk outside? Maybe like being out in the open air will jog your memory. And last I mm-hmm. knew, fresh air doesn't do anything for amnesia. I mean, I'm not a doctor, everybody. But I mean, fresh air is good. And what I, I guess perhaps I think smell does jog memory. Sure, so maybe sure. the idea of like, 
some type of outdoor fresh scent. But generally, no, I don't think like the, I don't think it's a cure per se, just no. fresh air. <laughs> uh, but conveniently, while they're taking a little kind of jaunt around this camp, uh, Quang, who Jake doesn't know this yet, but Quang is one of his compatriots in this team we're about to be introduced to. And so mm-hmm. Quang shows up. And he starts kicking the shit out of all of these soldiers. And he, like, gets to Jake fairly quickly and is like, we got to go. You got to come with me. And this is the, I think this is the first time we have, like, a multi-minute action sequence happening. Oh, my gosh. It was long. It was really long, like, exceptionally so. Um, And I know that we've already said in previous movies that were not super like action fans. Um, no, but I will say that I did enjoy about this was like, they had some really cool shots. Like they did. And I think the, the aforementioned slow motion kick, I did enjoy and they showed it a lot. Um, and these people were clearly, if it was really them, which it sounded like from what you told me that, uh, that was really them and not stunt doubles. Um, these people were great and had like beautiful movements. It was cool to watch some of that. And they also had some cool stuff. Like it looked like they did a combination of more traditional shots, but as well as sometimes it looked like people were wearing GoPros and like, Oh yes. I remember, I remember thinking that being like, did they film this movie on a GoPro? (laughs) Yeah. Cause they had some that were like, looking back at the person's own face, but then there were some that were like point of view shots where you saw like Jake's hands going into like karate motions or something. Right. Um, And I also had some like visual gags related to that that I found kind of good. And I was like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. that's fun. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I just thought it was like shot in a way that admittedly, I don't watch a lot of action movies, so I can't 100% say this is like super new or cool. But to me, it felt like visually something I hadn't seen before, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which I enjoyed. And then I also have in my notes next to like cool point of view shots, I also have lots of fighting sounds like in Batman. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so many fighting sounds. Um, but I mean Batman, like the television show where like Batman would punch someone and then the screen would say like thwap. You know, like it was stuff yep, like that. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, ultimately, Quang and Jake get away from the military camp and they arrive in this field of tall grass. And this was another shot that I thought was really cool. So first it looks like it's just Jake and Quang standing in like this waist high grass and then like five or six people just stand up out of it. And <laughs> I thought that looked cool. I was like, oh, yeah. that's fun. Um, and so they, it's like, yeah, I think it's five or six people. They stand kind of in a circle around Jake. And they're like talking to him. And it's clear that they know who he is, but he doesn't mm-hmm. remember who they are. Yep. And they're like, come on, man, you got to know us. We're, and so there's like all this like undertone of like there's a mission that we're all on and we need you to be a part of it, but now Mm -hmm. you don't seem to know what it is. And while this conversation 
is occurring, there is also something watching the group. Um, but all the thing, and this is where we get like the pred view scanning yeah. image thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in that, when we are seeing it through the eyes of what will later be revealed to be Brax, mm-hmm. um, we only see Jake's like heat signature, even though there are like these six or seven other people standing around him. And we will find out later why these other people don't show up on the scanner. But basically, um, the, the thing, because we're not sure what this is yet, right. uh, attacks this group. And so there's some cool shots of like fight, fighting with an invisible force kind of thing, which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty cool. Like there's one part where someone gets dragged through the tall grass um, oh, yeah. Like by an invisible force, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and then finally, the thing leaves. I can't remember like what happens if they defeat it or if it just loses interest. And then as no sooner does that series of fighting end, then the military shows back up. They've caught up with Jake and this team. And then there's like a multi-minute fighting scene on this roadway slash field. And there's been no dialogue in between this PS. Like No, there's been there's been like this little exchange where they're like, Jake, you have to remember. And he's like, but I don't. And then immediately it's all this stuff. Um, and it does go on for minutes. Like so my God. Uh, I will like when I watch these movies and I'm like writing with my hand, oftentimes my hand really hurts by the end of the movie because <laughs> I'm not used to writing by hand for so long anymore. Yeah. Um, my hand did not hurt after this because there were like whole times <laughs> where I could just like put the pen down <laughs> and be like, like oh, yeah. All I need to write down is fighting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the end of this interchange, Jake gets recaptured by the American soldiers and then he ends up back at the camp talking to Myra and she's like, what the fuck was all that about? And he was like, I can't, I don't really know to be honest, but like something is, Mm -hmm. and he has these like kind of, they're not premonitions, but he has these feelings like something is happening and he keeps, and he says to Myra, you're asking all the wrong questions. I just think and she's that, like, okay, then just tell me the right thing. And he's like, I can't. I just know this is not right. Um, and he, but he's also like, upshot is you guys should get out of here. This something mm. bad is about to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's never clear to me if the reason then in the next scene they end up in the forest is because he says you guys need to leave, or if they're doing some sort of purposeful investigation. Um, yeah. but the next part of the movie is called with the, the title card Brax. So Brax <laughs> is the alien that has been scanning and watching people this whole time. Right. So they're in the forest, right? So now it's Jake, Myra, Captain Sand, and like the other kind of background soldier types. And they're walking through the forest And as at the beginning of the movie, all of a sudden, like, weapons start flying through the air, um, (laughs) seemingly coming out of nowhere, which is weird. Um, That is weird. So then the soldiers start shooting at the direction from which these weapons are coming. 
Um, and he, and Jake is like speaking up and he's like, look, what, what's out there is looking for me. And Myra is like, how can you know that? <laughs> you know, like, um, mm-hmm. but basically he's kind of, I think what he's trying to do is get the soldiers to like fall back or retreat or something so that more of them mm-hmm. don't die. But of course a bunch of them do die as far as I could tell. Um, and then we finally have the reveal of Brax, um, who is the singular alien death warrior who comes every six years to this planet, to this specific place on this planet. I mean, yeah, okay. Um, And the reveal, I will say, the reveal was kind of fun because we, because it starts where we have like Captain Sand in the like left-hand bottom part of the shot and then the camera kind of pans up a tree and then Brax is standing up above him in the tree. Um, Horrifying. And like the way they depicted Brax, like what this actor looks like Mm -hmm. as an alien was kind of interesting because it reminded me a bit of Predator again, um, but also of the robot in Lost in Space, like the new version of that hmm. show. Have you ever seen that? I don't think I've seen that. Well, the robot in that looks much akin to Brax, where it's got like this face. That face thing? That it's not a face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this is tough in a non-visual medium to describe yeah. what we're Just talking look it about. Up. You could probably you could probably Google image like Brax in Jujitsu movie or something because it is hard to explain. Um, it sort of looks like a helmet, but then like a face appears every once in a while in the right. center part. Well, because like, so there's a helmet that is very like fitted to the head of Brax. Yeah. So it's not like a space, because I think what it's supposed to be is like the Predator, Brax, wherever he is from, and I don't even know if he is appropriate to this because... <laughs> We don't, yeah, we, we don't know. We don't know about this culture even at all. Yeah. Um, but like, I think since Brax is an alien, we have to assume that it cannot breathe human air. Like it can't breathe right. Earth's atmosphere. Which And so it's in this spacesuit. And the spacesuit has like the helmet part, like I said, but it's not a helmet like how we think of a spacesuit helmet that's like that big, mm-hmm. like bulbous fishbowl thing. It's like fitted right to its head. And then there's like a window part over where the face would be. And most of the time, where the face would be is like this like cloudy nothingness. Mm-hmm. Um, but occasionally, yes, red eyes glow through the cloud and I think it's probably like cloudy because maybe there's like different types of breathing material in Mm -hmm. there but it does look a lot like the way they render the robot in Lost in Space and the new version of Lost in Space Mm -hmm. so immediately I was like oh it's like that interesting okay um but the point is that Brax shows up and then he like fucking annihilates Captain Sand, like really (laughs) pulls him apart. Um, But also Sand seems pretty stoked. Like when he, like, because Brax like slows down enough so that he can be seen 
by Captain mm-hmm. Sand. And Sand gets this like crazy weird like smiley face on and it's like, whoa, buddy. Um, but that, at this point, um, I think Sand even says like, get out of here. And then Myra and Jake run away. And then mm-hmm. we get to the part of the movie called Rabbit Hole. And I think this is a little too literal because literally what happens is they're running through the forest. Jake falls into a hole. And <laughs> idiot M- Myra is like, oh no, what happened? And as soon as she like turns her head downward to like figure out where Jake has gone, she gets hit right in the chest with a throwing star and then dies. Yikes. Oh yeah, I remember that. And that I was, was kind of, I, I know, I was like, oh wait, is she dead? I like waited f- till another couple scenes. I was like, oh, she's not coming back. She's definitely dead. Yeah, I liked her. That was the bummer. <laughs> um, so when Jake falls down the actual hole, um, he ends up in this house. And in the house is Nick Cage. And Nick Cage is okay, at everybody. His... Quick PSA: If you ever walk into a house and Nick Cage is there, shit's about to go down. <laughs> I mean, hold on a second. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nick Cage. I will say, particularly in this scene, was kind of at his cagiest in terms of saying incredibly <laughs> cryptic shit. <laughs> mm. um, and I know, and I didn't have the stomach to go back and watch this scene again, not like knowing the end of the movie, but Mm -hmm. I have to assume because there hasn't been much attention to detail story-wise in this movie. Like, I think we're supposed to assume that he knows more than he's telling and he's saying it in this cryptic way. But I think in reality, you'd watch it and be like, that doesn't actually match how the movie goes at all. Um, But pretty much immediately Jake and Nick Cage start fighting uh, (laughs) with not jujitsu, but other forms of martial arts. And um, Nick Cage is like, I totally know who you are. And Jake is like, how, what, how, why? Um, I will say in this part uh, of the movie, there was a twirling split kick that Jake does that Ooh, I really yeah, I enjoyed. Like I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I looked at his profile on IMDb, that's like a main photo of him is him in the air, oh. totally legs split. Um, so I think this must be one of his like signature moves. That's funny. It which was is a cool. Good one. It's a great move. So I'm like, yeah, you're probably, there probably aren't a lot of people who can do that move. So for sure. Um, so when the fighting, wait, hold on. Um, yeah, when the fighting dies down, Wiley, a.k.a. Nick Cage, explains to Jake <laughs> that the thing that he saw in the woods is called Brax and that Brax wants Jake and has been looking for him. Like throughout the countryside, he's been looking for Jake and basically that like, until Jake fights him, Brax will be like marauding through uh, the Myanmar countryside. 
Um, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no problem. Then the rest of this team who we saw in the field, they come to Nick Cage's underground hole home and they're like, come with us, Jake. We'll explain everything. And I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? Um, they arrive at a temple and in the temple is this like on the wall is this like big series of concentric circles on the wall that looks like kind of like a carving or whatever. But Nick Cage explains to Jake that that is actually a portal to, and this is where I really don't fully understand. <laughs> this is where, <laughs> just to be yeah, clear. Yeah, this like, is where they lost where. me. <laughs> um, so the comet that we saw all the way back in the beginning of the movie, apparently the comet passes Earth every six years. And somehow the comet carries Brax and then Brax like comes to Earth through a portal that is in the wall of this temple in Myanmar. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get I don't that, know right? <laughs> no, but I mean, <laughs> there's no point explaining. And so, like, on one side of this temple are these concentric circles which turn into the portal. But on the other side, like, on the other opposite wall is that weird mural. Do, do you remember that mural? No. It's got a mural with Brax, the Brax figure, in the center of it. Oh, I do not remember that. Yeah, and so then... Nick Cage uses the mural. He like points it out and he says, and this is all voiceover. He says, Brax has been coming to earth for millennia, every six years for millennia. And though he, he actually doesn't explain this the way it should be explained, which is like how mm-hmm. they explain it in Predator, which is like Predator comes to earth. And I think this is true as well. Like every so often, though I can't remember for sure. Mm-hmm. And the reason Predator comes to Earth is because it's like a hunting mission. And there's only ever one Predator, and they come for their season, and then they leave. Um, And that's basically what is being said here. But to add to the strangeness of this, then Nick Cage says that Brax unlike the predator wants to have like honorable fights with human beings. Mm. Like it's not just a straight hunt the way Mm -hmm. we would hunt an animal necessarily. It's like, and so in fact, Brax teaches jujitsu to human beings so that then they can give him the kind of fight that he wants to have with human beings. That is, I mean, I just really don't even know what to say anymore. Like, that was a real long pause when I, I finished explaining. <laughs> I know because I really just like it, I'm just at a loss for what to even how to even respond to this movie and 
I just like take I'm just like it's like the, when I watched it I was like this doesn't make sense but okay like I'm going along for it I guess yeah I was this is when I was like what huh like <laughs> um so anyway so that whole that's like the that's the most backstory exposition that we get is that yeah and it maybe lasts for 90 seconds. Like, it's really... <laughs> like, I appreciate that movies do better when they don't super, like, make everything top-heavy with exposition. But, sure. like, you but need when it's so some, convoluted. <laughs> you need some amount of knowing what's happening to care about the end of the correct. story. <laughs> Absolutely um, correct. Because guess what? I didn't care. Yeah. So then... Nick Cage goes on to explain that on this particular trip to the, to Earth, Brax has chosen Jake as his like preferred fighter. And until Jake fights Brax, Brax will be just like laying waste to this area. Wow. Yeah. Then, still in the temple, Carmen. <laughs> who we've seen a couple of times. We've seen her featured in the fighting the, scenes a couple of times. She's the other woman? Is that her? Yes, she's the second okay. lady yeah. in the movie. Um, she, and it's almost immediately implied that she and Jake have some sort of like romantic situation. Yeah. Um, but of course he doesn't remember that either. And then she gives him this like hooded cloak that the rest of this team has been wearing. And she explains that when you put the hood on, then Brax's like scanning thing can't see you. Love that. I mean, who knew that a piece of cloth would be so <laughs> I mean, that uh, is shielding? Some, yeah. That's like an invisibility cloak. I love it. Yeah. So then they're like on their way trying to figure out like how to send Brax back. And basically like for a while, I thought there was like another thing that was going to be happening in this story, which was that this team of individuals was actually like tricking Jake because he didn't mm -hmm. remember because they were really laying it on thick of like, you were supposed to fight this guy. You came up with a plan for how to do it. And now you still have to do it, but you can't remember. And they're saying mm -hmm. all this stuff about like how you've trained your whole life for this moment and blah, blah, blah. So I thought there was going to be eventually some reveal that was like, no, you actually were never part of this group, but mm -hmm. th like they're using you or whatever. But that never came. So I was like, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> no, anything um, that you thought was going to come in this movie, like anything like normal that you would expect didn't happen. I'm just going to be... True, true. Um, but basically the plan that they say Jake came up with, which I guess he must have done before this amnesia thing, is that because Brax has identified him as his like preferred fighter... Jake is going to, like, kind of draw Brax away. Um, okay. And then, then, like, give other members of the team the opportunity to fight him so that by the time Brax arrives at Jake, I guess he's supposed to be tired out or something. Okay. Uh, then we return into the forest. It's nighttime. And the team um, has been somewhat... Uh, dissipated because Brax has done some 
fighting and some people have died as a result of it. So the team has Mm -hmm. ended up split up and Jake is on his own kind of wandering through the forest and he finds Captain Sand again, um, who weirdly is like trying, he's like putting mud onto his very like clearly injured chest. And I was like, is this mud supposed to help? Um, Yeah, it's a Band-Aid. It's nature's Band-Aid. That's the tagline for mud. (laughs) Mud. Nature's Band-Aid. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, (laughs) So then, um, and I wondered actually if that was more meant to just be like a nod to Predator. Because remember how Hmm. Arnold is able to hide with the mud? Oh, I bet you that is what it is. Yeah. So anyway, Captain Sand. (laughs) Captain Sand, even though he's doing this mud thing, he must know he's on the verge of death because he says to Jake that he has been tracking Brax for 24 years. So what's so four times that Brax has come to earth. He has been there and he has been watching it. Um, so that links back to that first scene where we're like, why is he so mysterious? It's like, Oh, he knew exactly what was happening. Um, and in all of that time, all Captain Sand has been able to figure out is that when you injure Brax because he's in this special suit, it takes five to six seconds for Brax and the suit to kind of like heal back up. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, that's its vulnerability. That's what you need to like capitalize on. And Jake mm-hmm. is like, okay, thanks for the tip. I'm leaving you to die here in the middle of the woods, (laughs) which is precisely what happens. Um, Then Jake encounters Nick Cage again, and Nick Cage is like, and I guess basically Jake is like, why has Brax focused on me so much? Like, what does it matter? And Nick Cage is like, you you really don't remember? And he's like, no, man, that's what I've been saying for the whole previous 60 minutes. I don't know what's (laughs) happening. Let us out Um, of this misery, for God's sakes. And then we have this very kind of short flashback where Nick Cage is saying, like, when Brax first arrived through the portal, which let's say was two days before. It's not Mm -hmm. totally clear, but, like, let's just Mm -hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. He Brax comes through the portal. He's in the temple. All of this team, which by the way, wouldn't you think if this is this like team of secret ninjas who have committed to fighting an alien, don't you think they'd have a name that yeah. was mentioned? I mean, it would make sense. I feel like it would be helpful. They don't have that. I'm they not don't surprised. have that at all. Um, so, but they do all helpfully have the same tattoo where it's like a skull with like a dragon wrapped around it. Mm. Um, but so anyway, this team is like a raid in front of Brax when he's come through the portal and like Brax points at Jake, which I guess is Mm -hmm. how this weird ceremony is supposed to work, which says like, he's my chosen, uh, opponent. But Mm -hmm. rather than participate in what this ceremonial fight would be, I guess, um, Mm -hmm. Jake turns tail and runs away. And that is actually the opening scene of the movie where we've seen this guy running through the woods and we're not sure what's what. 
that it, it's taken us back oh, to that. Okay, okay. Um, so basically, Nick Cage is like, when you ran away like that, the rules of engagement, which, by the way, no one has ever mentioned prior to now, um, <laughs> meant that Brax could then just kill whoever until he is able to get to you again. And it's like... Okay. Woof. <laughs> so finally, we're just going to skip through some things here. Um, basically, there's a, a f- series of different fights that then happen. For um, God's sakes. Between different members of this team and Brax, mm-hmm. um, of which only Carmen survives. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a lot of the other ones end up dead. Although it, I think Quang also survives his encounter with Brax. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's that other guy. This I did like. There's hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Um, boop boop boop. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So one of the members of this team who has a couple lines but isn't like super important um, to the mm-hmm. story. He gets stabbed by Brax, but like while he's sticking up two middle fingers in Brax's face. Do you remember that? (laughs) Oh, yeah, sort of. Yeah. I I mean, that's the thing is like there were like fun, cool parts in this movie, but like they they didn't make up for how like just the rest of it made no sense. It just wasn't like that good of a story, I guess, at the end of the day. I didn't I didn't I couldn't surmise the story. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't figure out no. what the story was other than they were trying to kill this thing. But that was, is that, like, a full story? That's a pretty, no, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> um, so, basically, Brax, like, works his way through this team of fighters. And finally, mm-hmm. what we would expect to happen, which is then we see the fight between Nick Cage and Brax, mm-hmm. um, which was a pretty good one, I would say. Um, but ultimately, Brax kills Nick Cage in a really, like, gruesome, he slits his throat. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is a super definitive death in this yeah. movie. Um, I guess they're not going to do a jujitsu too. I don't think so, no. Um, <laughs> and so now we're, now we're truly in, like, the climax of the movie, Carmen and Jake actually have been watching all of these various fights off to the side for some reason. And they're in the temple. And this is when Carmen reveals that Nick Cage is actually Jake's dad. Dun, dun, dun. Of course. I mean, I did not see that coming, but also it's kind of like, well, yeah, but also this is weird. This was what I was going to say at the beginning. Um, Nick Cage is only 17 years older than the guy who plays Jake. And I'm like, oh, yeah. did he have, a like, he's a teen father? Is that what's happening in this movie? Yeah. Um, but I guess who cares? Like, we shouldn't care about that. Um, and then once Carmen reveals this, Jake feels, I guess, like, super compelled to fight Brax in a way that he didn't before. Mm-hmm. Then as Carmen and Jake are doing the obligatory kiss that of course they have to do to tell us they're in love, um, Tex rolls in and he's with the old couple 
from the beginning of the movie. And I'm like, how did these three end up back together? Like what, what movie would that have been to see that side of whatever was happening? And so we now arrive at the final moments and climax of the movie where finally Jake and Brax are fighting each other in the temple and for kind of the first part of the fight, we it's looking like Brax is going to win, but of course, mm-hmm. ultimately, Jake like gets his kind of revival in a sense, and he starts really like pounding Brax's ass. Um, and then they like they're in the course of their fight, they get close to this like um, I can't remember if it's like a candle or just like an open flame or something, but there's like a fire, a contained fire in the uh, temple. And Jake realizes that the heat from the fire is messing up Brax's scanner vision thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also see some cool images of like what it would look like from Brax's perspective, like what Brax is seeing. Mm-hmm. And as that realization hits, the portal in the wall of the temple starts to activate to suck Brax back to the comet, to the other part of the galaxy or wherever it's mm-hmm. from. Then both Jake and Carmen working together managed to kind of like create like a gaping hole in Brax's chest. And then so nice. they they take the two grenades that conveniently Tex has brought with him and they shove the grenades into the chest cavity of Brax in that five to six second window of it not being able to heal or whatever that Mm -hmm. Captain Sand mentioned. Yeah. And then of course, like right as the portal is closing, Jake kicks Brax in the chest that has just closed over these grenades. And so Mm -hmm. then Brax is like then like being pulled and pushed back into the portal while simultaneously exploding from the inside. (laughs) And then the portal closes Mm -hmm. and the old lady uh, says to Jake through text fairly like sort of interpreting correctly what she says, which was that Jake was somehow destined to end the 2000 year reign of terror that Brax has been like carrying on to the earth all this time and that's it movie end whatever the f any of that means (laughs) uh yeah this was this was a wild one and you know I was trying to think today like if I compared it to Robo Vampire, like which one did I prefer? And I think I prefer Robo Vampire. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one, but yeah. Because at least Robo Vampire had like it, it it's it, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what the defense is, but like this one really, like, the stuff we talked about at the top, the fact that it's not jujitsu, the fact that it's filmed in Cyprus, like, all of the things are just, like, mildly offensive when they had the budget to do yeah. things correctly. Yeah, I think that's right. Like, Robo Vampire delivered on the promise that it made, which was, don't expect too much from this. 
Right. It a hundred percent delivered on that. Um, whereas this was like, okay, so Nick Cage, so there's going to be a kind of energy from that. And Mm -hmm. it's got this like, um, description because like there's many movies well maybe not many but there's a number of movies with a similar type of premise like there's one um that's got matt damon called the great wall and that's also about Mm. aliens invading china like or like asia um you know so i was like okay okay but then it didn't even really live up to that and it had so much money and like again like the production value on this like you could see the money in the fight scenes and you could see the money in the like comic book stuff um but then it was like but that was all that was all the money was that and probably nick cage's salary too um (laughs) and probably like their lunches in cyprus yeah but like the story i don't think got any of that money because it was just like what is this um yeah okay so as per usual we will do yawns and eye rolls one yawn is not boring i loved it and 10 yawns is like this was the most boring thing i've ever seen um i forget what i said for other stuff that I hated. Uh, um, I'm going to give it a nine. This is pretty boring for me. Um, mm. But, I mean, there's always room for more boring. I didn't fall asleep. Um, so nine. <laughs> That's yeah. all I have to say about that. I guess I would maybe do slightly lower and say seven. Um, because, like, there was at least some stuff that kept me fairly engaged some of the time um yeah but as i know we've talked about this in other episodes like once fight scenes get like more than 90 seconds i'm not super paying attention yeah after a point um and the these fight scenes weren't like the stuff of legend from predator where like i didn't see Jake lift up a car with his own arms and I didn't see a giant gun and I didn't see people's bodies like being launched into the air with explosions. Like, um, there, so there was that, that was missing, I guess for me. And in terms of eye rolls, one eye roll being like, I don't know, it's a movie. What do you expect? (laughs) Um, and 10 eye rolls being like, Please, what would you give this? I think I might roll with a nine again. Because, like, I'm going to say, like, I feel like there's always a little touch room for more eye rolls. But, like, the movie's called Jiu-Jitsu, and they don't do Jiu-Jitsu in the movie. I know. So nine. Yeah. I think I'm going to do a straight down the middle five For a similar reason, as I know, I now I can't remember what we talked about recently, but it's the same reason, which is none of these ideas are new. Yeah. And so there's nothing here that's like super challenging from a sci-fi perspective or even just an action movie perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like, it's neither. It's just whatever. It's like, and it's a shame because... I like we enjoyed Predator a lot. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm like, but it was I'm, different. It had a different vibe. Like even though, yeah, it just was different. Yeah, and so I. That's why I feel like it's a missed opportunity because I'm certainly not against being like, let's take this Predator idea and do like some new thing. Cool. Sure. I'd be like, great. So I'm happy to see what you're going to come up with. Um, right. But this just wasn't like that clever enough. <laughs> it yeah. just didn't quite make it there. So nope. Um. So fine. I think then we say. We don't really don't like this movie <laughs> and we don't recommend you watch it. No, I really don't. I really, I couldn't in good faith recommend this to anybody. I really wouldn't. No. Um, the only thing I would say is do watch the fight scene at like the army camp. That was fun. There was because mm-hmm. of like the cool shots and stuff. Yeah. Would, like take, if you're an action person, I would say that's kind of fun to see. Just, um, just scrub through it, but don't really watch yeah. it. Beyond that, there's very little that I would say you should see about this. Yeah. So I'm sorry, listeners. I wish we <laughs> had happier news to report, but maybe next week. We will We've given you two hours of your life back. <laughs> you don't have to spend it watching this movie. Indeed. Free yourself spend it, from that. Spend it listening to us blab about it, but don't watch the movie. <laughs> I mean, this is um, fully 10, well, yeah, 10 minutes less than the movie. So There you go. We I, gave you I 10 would, minutes of your life. <laughs> I would say if you're choosing, listen to this and don't watch that. <laughs> And if you're already to this point in the podcast, it seems that you've done that anyway. So congratulations. Yes. So thank you, Amy. I am Sarah. And we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.